0: You want it. You need it. It's what everyone's talking about. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Now, here's Kevin. All right, Aaron's here. I'm here. Cooley is on the phone from his home out in Northern Virginia, uh, and he joins us on the podcast today. So we're going to do a Cooley and Kevin show today. I'm um, going to play for you the D'Angelo Hall comments from the NFL Network. If you haven't heard them, you have to hear him because D'Angelo Hall essentially doesn't believe that Dwayne Haskins will be the starting quarterback for the Redskins next year. So we'll get to that um, and a few other things. But um, how are you and Maddie and the kids holding up through all of this?
1: We're great. We're just trying to find stuff to do. We've been out shooting baskets for the last hour.
0: (laughs) That's fun. We've been doing that in our backyard a lot. Teaching my daughter how to dribble. So she got 10
1: dribbles today, and that was cool.
0: And doing some yard work. teaching, Teaching her the right way, head up, ball low keep that ball low, fingertips, fingertips.
1: Yeah. Fingertips is what we're working on today. Uh, I mean, keep in mind, she's five and we're, we're working on getting consecutive dribbles. So really we're just working on the ball.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're we're looking for consecutive dribbles. Yes. (laughs) She got 10. That's good. That's really good. Um, is she right-handed or left-handed? She's right-handed. Well, Got to work on that offhand, too. You know, Cooley... Yeah, she's actually good with two hands. My son is the one that
1: is very right-handed. My daughter is pretty good with both hands, doing a lot of things. My son is only right-handed.
0: So your daughter, as one Charles Shackleford once said, is amphibious. Um, yeah, she's, she's amphibious. Uh, she swims well. You know what's... Um, I've told so many of my friends this who have young kids or younger kids... The number one thing when it comes to basketball with a young kid to teach him is ball handling. Like, if they can handle the ball, if they can learn how to handle the ball, it doesn't matter about the rest of it. At a young age, they will have so much success because most kids, when they start playing basketball at a young age, are weak ball handlers. They can't handle the ball. And the kid that can really handle it is, you know, basically – Moving his or her way through the entire court, you know, on on his or her way to a layup, um, but ball handling's everything. The rest of it'll come, but ball handling's the thing that if you learn it at a super young age, um, it you know it sticks with you. And, sh- and shooting's important too, but ball handling—you can be a really good shooter as a young kid, but if you can't handle the ball, you're not going to have the kind of success that'll lead to confidence that'll lead to really enjoying, you know, what you're doing. Um, ball handling is everything.
1: Right. And she only shoots granny shots, which is driving me absolutely crazy oh right boy. now, but
0: we'll, you'll we'll move on, on from
1: that. Well, I, I actually, I finally, I've been looking at hoops that go down lower. Cause I, I put in a hoop a few years ago. I mean, you saw
0: it. Yeah. And, That's, uh, it only goes down, goes to, to about, about 11 feet.
1: You know, it only goes down to about, Five and a half, six feet, uh-huh. six feet probably.
0: So you want one that goes lower.
1: Well, well yeah, I got, I'm getting another one that goes from three feet to seven feet. Mm-hmm. But they know the difference between a fake hoop and a real hoop. So I do have to get somewhat of a real hoop, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Uh, yes, you do. Um, what? So what are you doing? Because I, I, you and I talked last week, and I think on the show the next day, um, cause I had talked to you, I had talked to Scott, you know, friends of mine with young kids and it's to me, you guys have the biggest challenge, you know, of the, of the families that are hunkering down, staying at home. It's so much easier for me with older kids than I think it is for families with younger kids. You said basically you have to entertain them sun up to sundown nearly.
1: Well, they never leave your side there's almost always one of them right next to one of us. Right. And so, yeah, it's constantly engaging them, entertaining them. What we started doing was just trying to walk. So I took them yesterday for like a mile walk. And that wears them down enough to calm them down for a while. Right. Um, they're good, man. It's good. It's, uh, I, the funny thing is, is, as kids get older, they would tell you that they're getting sick of you. I, I can tell our kids are getting sick of us too, <laughs> right? Yeah. I- oh, I can oh, tell oh, yeah. They're they... ready to have some engagement <clears throat> from friends or from other people. Um, and so there's one of our friends has two little girls, and and they ended up buying us this thing called a portal, so they can talk to each other, right? Which is pretty cool. Like they can call each other on their portal. Yeah. It's a foxy looking ipad thing so it's good and bad because now my son knows how to do it so he calls and I mean, we have like my uncle or uh my my uncle my brother-in-law and sister-in-law and mom and stuff and if we're not careful they're on the portal calling someone at any time of the day but. <laughs> right <laughs> but um yeah there it's good man it's, it's good this whole thing's really interesting you can tell it's going to go on for a while and We'll see how it plays out.
0: Are they, um, I haven't asked you this, and I don't think I've asked Scott this either. What do they think? I mean, Sloan's old enough, right, to sort of recognize that things are much different than they used to be. Are, are they Are they worried? I mean, what does is, what is a, a, a younger kid think about all of this?
1: I don't think she's old enough to be worried. She, she calls it the sickness. <laughs> <laughs> After you and I talked, I tried to get her to call it the Wuhan virus.
0: But oh, stop. Didn't. <laughs> I, did, I didn't advocate that you tell your daughter to call it the Wuhan virus. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't.
1: Let's be honest. You said, tell your kids it's the Wuhan virus.
0: I did not, not say regular. that. I did not say that.
1: But, no, she's been good. She, uh, Maddie's parents came over for a while yesterday in her, in her family, and, I mean, they've been... They, they've they been two weeks there. I'm assuming they're fine, but they still we still all hang out outside. And Sloan said, I, I can't I can't get close to you. <laughs> so, I mean, I think they understand it. Or she does. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, she, she's been fine with it. You just got to keep them busy, keep them entertained. And that's fun for a while.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's uh nuts. I mean, I think, you know, you and I did the podcast together a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, whatever it was. It feels like two days ago. No, it wasn't two days ago. It seems like it probably. It said
1: it feels like two days ago.
0: Well, I mentioned this yesterday when on April 1st, which was two days ago, a friend of mine said, God, it's a it's damn good thing we, we, we moved on from March 91st because that's what it felt like march had march was the longest month of our lives pretty oh much oh my
1: gosh and it, it's it's like if it would just be warmer outside that that would be huge
0: well I, we've had a couple of warm days but god the last two days have been windy and and sort of chilly and um you know i'm one you know you live i know how built up Loudoun county is i understand that but you live in a more I don't think you do. In a less densely populated area than I do, I live close in suburbs to D.C., and you live further out. I do. Do you have more of a sense of that you're in a better in better shape out there than you would be living in close where there are more people?
1: Well, I think in part it's where it is more. Uh, I mean. I'm in Loudoun County, and obviously it's it's everywhere, but there's not as many cases in Loudoun County, and maybe that's because there's not as much testing. I, I don't know the exact answers to that. But to be honest with you, uh, no, I can't answer that question because I went to the gas station to get gas so I could power wash three days ago. It's the only time I've been in my car for 10 days. Yeah,
2: I, I've just stayed at home.
0: Yeah, you're I mean, I've been coming in to do the show, the radio show and the podcast to the studio. Now, you know, it's isolated and there's really few people if any in the building and it's, you know, a mile from my house. So I do get into the car every day, but I'll tell you what, if I didn't come in here to do this, I think I'd be going crazy right now. I mean, um lots of dog walks obviously around the neighborhood. We talked about that last time, but right. um yeah. It's uh, yeah. I mean, you you um, I don't know. You, you're you're out there, and it just seems like the air is cleaner, and there's more distance between you yeah. and the homes around you. Uh, we're on top yeah, of each are, other here.
1: We are not close. I mean, everyone's on three, four, or five acres right here. So yeah, I, I'm not concerned at really about getting it based on the way we've been staying at home. I mean, my wife went to the grocery store for an hour the other day. But I'm really I don't think we have a lot of concerns because we've we really social distance.
0: Are you are you wearing a mask?
1: For what? I don't go out.
0: <clears throat>
1: My wife's making masks. She's, she she's been sewing masks. God,
0: she's the best. She's yeah, making right? masks. That's impressive. Um, we ordered them about a week ago and there, there was a projected date, I think of this weekend that they're supposed to arrive. I don't know if that's true or not. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get them. You know, I
1: have a bunch of masks. I mean, not a bunch, like I'm going to help a hospital by giving them masks, but because of some of the art stuff and some of the pottery things and spraying stuff, I have three or four N95 masks and then one big auto body mask. I don't know. I'm, I've not put on a mask. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, all right, let's talk about what people tuned in to, to hear today, and that is some talk about um, the Redskins and football in general. I'm going to play for you what D'Angelo Hall said on the network. I think it was late Thursday um, he said this on the NFL, or late Wednesday, this is what he said to uh, uh, on the NFL network about the Redskins quarterback situation.
2: I think the jury's still out on this kid. I I I don't think you can totally judge a kid off of you know. Rob Rivera is a former player. If you're in a player's mind, I'm thinking this. We told this kid he wasn't playing, and so he obviously did not get in his playbook. Then when we found out, until, when we finally told him, hey, we're going to throw you in, we throw him in middle of a game. He's unprepared, and then we see him gradually get a little bit better, but still not the way we really want him to you know perform at the quarterback position. I think by just not trusting him right now. It's saying like a whole lot. And, you know, I don't think Dwayne Haskins is going to respond. A lot of young kids don't respond. That, that style of coaching. Robert Rivera is a old-school mentality type of coach. He wants competition. These young guys, they want things given to them. I would have loved to see Dwayne Haskins get the opportunity to be this starting quarterback in Washington, not have a talented guy like Kyle Allen behind him, a more veteran-season guy behind him that he knows the keys are his, and he can fully go out there, make mistakes, and just be young and energetic. With Kyle Allen breathing down your throat, you are not going to be able to make many mistakes. And so I don't know how he wins his starting job, man. I, I mean, I really don't around Rivera knowing Kyle Allen.
0: I don't know how he wins this starting job. You know, Kyle Allen with Kyle and Allen, Kyle Allen breathing down his neck. Dwayne's a young kid. Young kids need to be handed things. Old school versus new school. Uh, you know, R- Rivera doesn't trust him right now. That's why he made the trade. What do you? What, what, what did you make of what you just heard from D- from D. Hall?
1: I think he made the trade in part because of what you kind of brought up to me with Cam Newton, and then in discussing, would you want somebody to be able to run this offense if you didn't? really have time to install this offense um Kyle Allen is not a talented guy I I don't think Kyle Allen will be competing to start I don't think he'll win the starting job I I think it's the safety blanket especially for the backup quarterback Mm -hmm. to know the offense if something happens to Dwayne or if if hell breaks loose with the way he plays but even at that I still see him as a growing quarterback the jury's still out. D'Angelo De- Hall is absolutely correct on that.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Uh, th- that, that, I don't think is, is for me, any, anything that I would debate. I- I'm not convinced on Dwayne Haskins at this point. I think that you and I and a lot of people pre-draft even thought the floor was maybe lower. I don't think the floor is as low as maybe I did before he got here. But um,
0: you thought there was bu- court you court. thought there was significant bust potential.
1: Yeah, I thought that there was. M- I don't know if I thought he was a bust. I, I don't. Wanna- no,
0: it's not that you said you thought he was. When you evaluated him when he was in college, you said you thought there was bust potential there for him. You saw a lot of things you liked, but you thought there was bust potential.
1: I certainly didn't see him as a first rounder. Yeah. Now yeah. that said, it- it's funny when you say that. Everybody thinks that you see him as a bust or as as a guy that you should never draft. I would have had no problem with him as a second or into the third.
0: Right, you said that, that
1: too. So I I just didn't see him as a first-round quarterback. Um, And I'm not sure he's going to be a first-round quarterback, or I'm not sure sure he's going to be one of the top 15 quarterbacks in the league. That said, I think as he develops, he's got a chance to be a starter for a long time, if he continues to grow, um, I'm not concerned about who the starting quarterback is. Dwayne Haskins is the starting quarterback. That's I'm nearly sure of that. And I'm also nearly sure that there won't be competition, that it'll be Dwayne Haskins' job from the start. So I I feel pretty confident saying that. Um, And I don't think Kyle Allen is an answer as the starting quarterback. I watched Kyle Allen play a few games last year and watched it on film before we played them and, and everybody watched Kyle Allen's absolute meltdown <clears throat> against the Redskins defense. Right. So yeah. Dwayne's a better player than Kyle
0: Allen. So a couple things. Number one, I agree with you. I think Dwayne's a better player. I think also I agree with you. I think Dwayne's gonna start. Uh I think there's the one, you know, possibility that you end up with this continuing and you get a weird schedule which leads to a very condensed training camp with nothing else leading into a a season opener with no preseason or whatever maybe one preseason game and maybe maybe that would give Kyle Allen an early edge um I actually disagree with you about Kyle Allen. I went back and watched a lot of those games when they made the trade for him. I actually had suggested that he would be a target potentially. I I, I was thinking, you know, if they let him go, um, he was a restricted free agent. They actually signed him to a one-year deal because I think they knew there was some interest in him. I don't think the Redskins were the only team that would have been interested in trading for him. There was a report that Belichick um, and the Patriots were actually interested. I think there were games that I watched that he was terrible in. And there were games that I watched that made it very clear he can play. Like he's a sort of a system guy. You got to have a running game, you know, but he can make plays. He can make every throw. I actually saw a guy that's pretty talented. I don't think he's going to start. I don't think that's why they traded for him. And here's why more than anything else. And I really want you to tell me if you think I'm right or not. I don't think Ron Rivera would be here as the Redskins coach if he didn't commit to making Haskins work to a certain degree. I don't think Dan would have given the job to Rivera, offered the job to Rivera, or Rivera would have taken it unless there was a significant discussion about, Haskins and about what Ron Rivera thinks about Haskins. One of the first things he said in that initial introductory press conference is they had Dwayne as a first-round guy. You know, he has said things about Dwayne's leadership, commitment, all of those things, He's also said, and he said it after the Kyle Allen trade, it's Dwayne's job to lose. I just don't believe that that Rivera could have walked into a meeting with Snyder or had a conversation with Snyder that said, you know, I'm, not, I, I'm just not sure. We'll just have to see what happens. I'm going to look at the guys in the draft. I'm going to look at guys in free agency. There's a guy down here that we coached this year that's young, that we believe in, that Scott believes in. Uh, i'm not exactly sure he will see i mean he's got some talent but i can't guarantee you anything as far as Dwayne goes we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go with what we think is best f- for the team to win to, and to win and then i don't think dan would have offered them, offered him the job
1: that's uh, completely fair I, w- I would agree that it played out exactly as you said it's that's exactly how the Jay Gruden hiring played out as
0: well. Well, the what I just described, the, the way it played out to me is the opposite of that. Rivera said, I like him. We're, he's going to be our starter. We're going to give him every chance to be our starter. I think he can be the starter for the next 10 years. And certainly he's going to get an opportunity to prove it on the field. And that's all Dan you needed don't to hear. think Jay said that about Robert? No, I absolutely think Jay said that about Robert. I absolutely do, but there was a big difference. Jay didn't have any other opportunities. Rivera could have Rivera would have been hired more likely than not had he not been offered this job or if he had turned it down.
1: I think there's a chance. Yeah. I think I think it's it's likely that he would probably would have had the Giants job.
0: Very likely he would have had the Giants job. So he didn't Gruden had to sell Dan On RG three is the guy I believe in him. We can turn him into a drop back quarterback. You know, you can assure Robert and his father and all the people that you know. I I can turn this guy into a drop back quarterback. I mean, how quickly did it did did Jay learn that that wasn't true? It happened pretty quickly, but you know, Jay had to do that to get a to get a head coaching job. Rivera didn't have to do that.
1: My point is, my point is, he can still do whatever he wants to do once he has the head coaching job. Yes, but he- I don't see him. I don't see him bringing in Kyle Allen as a starter. Yeah. So, when I say that, I don't know exactly the way he played it out, but I, I think that if the relationship-wise things went bad with Dwayne in any way, shape, or form, or if Dwayne played poorly, then we would talk about it. But I mean, we we with Rivera, we can go all the way back to Cam Newton not wearing his tie on the bus. Want a tie on
0: one tire. of your Favorite, you know, little rants on radio.
1: What? He's not wearing a tie? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta find the audio of that.
0: Yeah, we. I, I could probably f- have Greg find it one day. Um, yeah. He... Uh, but
1: um, but yeah, but Cam Newton was a guy that. Has had a little prima donna, and he seemed to be just fine with Ron.
0: Everybody seems to have been just fine with Ron. I mean, that's encouraging. I mean, Steve Smith Sr. wasn't, <clears throat> but every single person that we've heard had loved Ron Rivera. Josh Norman, who had nothing to gain because he knew he was heading out of town, you know, said the best things ever about Ron Rivera. The players, Keekly, all of them have said, You guys are in for a treat. So, back to Kyle Allen for a moment. So you, you don't you you watched his tape leading up to the game that they played uh, in in Charlotte. Have you gone back and seen some of those early starts? You know, he was a five and one starting quarterback playing pretty damn well. I think uh, the other day I, I added it up. It was like nine touchdowns, two interceptions, a sixty-seven percent completion percentage. Like he he was really playing well. They played some very good defensive teams, like San Francisco, that did not go well. They had that Green Bay game in the snow, in which I actually thought he played very well in. Um, and then for whatever reason, he played.
1: It, I watched that game live. He played all right in that game. He
0: played just. I thought right. he competed. Bare- I thought he competed right. really well.
1: Okay. Well, he also had some skewed numbers from Christian McCaffrey and some of the things he did run after the catch-wise and making easy throws to a running back. I, I'm not sitting here telling you that Kyle Allen can never play football in the NFL. I'm just telling you that Kyle Allen is a backup, in my opinion. Now, that said, he's a undrafted rookie who got a great chance, and he only played, what, 12 games? So he could get much better. He's not there yet. Right. Now there's Dwayne but I just see Dwayne having way more talent. I do too. So we'll end up seeing how that plays out, Kev.
0: How about when D. Hall talked about the, you know, sort of the old school, young school, Dwayne needs it to be given to him. He needs to be able to play carefree, et cetera. And he's not – he essentially said he's not going to handle this well.
1: Well, I see that as enough people around the building – or guys in that locker room telling Dwayne or telling D'Angelo Hall that's how they see Dwayne, which is, I think, slightly concerning. But also, Dwayne was a rookie with the staff who didn't believe in him, and it was hard to. I, I mean, there's a lot of circumstance that went into how Dwayne felt, how Dwayne was handled, how Dwayne actually is as a teammate. I, he's got some new school to him. There's no question about that, though. And without saying anything from locker room stuff that you would look at, look at some of the things he did on Twitter or social media the, last year. To new school, retweeting positive grades from Pro Football Focus is not a thing. It's normal. To you and I, it's silly. Like, let other people do that for you. You know, blocking people who put out bad charts on you on social media is not something that old school would do. And Dwayne does that. And some of his press conferences, I mean, wanting to say, yeah, I talked to Dan and he told, he told the doctors or the doctors told him or what, you know, some of the things he's, he's done publicly are not old school. So I think you can look at that as, as somewhat telling of Dwayne Haskins keep in mind he's a young kid who had some great success at Ohio State and doesn't want to hear things that are negative about him.
0: Tweeting out his good pro football focus you know reports and numbers and not tweeting out the bad ones and you know selfies on the sideline and taking number seven and some of the press conferences and all of that. Um, you know, to me, well, by the way, he did respond to this on Twitter yesterday to D'Angelo Hall. At least I think it's his response. Can't stand fake love. You know, again, I mean, I'm I'm with you. Like, stop. Don't, you know, it just makes I understand that all the young people are doing it, cooley, but it just makes you look so sensitive and insecure. And the thing about Haskins that I've loved from the jump is I think he's very competitive. He certainly plays that way on the field. And to me, a guy that came out of Ohio State beat out Joe Burrow you know almost beat out JT Barrett you know a guy that was in the in the true you know big limelight of of Ohio State football i mean hell let's be honest there isn't a game that he's played in professional football at this point that can even remotely compare to the pressure and the crowds and the attention he got in some of those Ohio State Big 10 games you know he's been through the gauntlet Already he's competed for a job with Urban Meyer as the coach, so i don't really see him having a problem with the competition or needing it to be handed to him with that said, you know the marketing company and the clothing line company and him responding to this on Twitter I can't stand that part of it, but you know most people would just say, "Shut up, boomer you know uh, I mean I, and, and and that's fine yeah. too, but I, I'm not going to change my mind.
1: I don't see him responding incredibly well to an open discussion of competition. Really? But I think that's fair. I, I mean, he should be the starting quarterback. He was drafted. He played well. I, I don't think he should be. I don't. I mean, Kyle Allen would have to be demonstratively better for it to even be a consideration at any point going in. And by the way, if there is no OTAs and you get some of this cut into training camp, it's going to be hard to even show that you're that much better.
0: You yeah, know, I... I guess
1: they'll have a good they'll have a good feel for who Allen is. But I, I don't see this as a competition in any way, shape, or form. That said, if it got made into one, I don't see Dwayne du- handling it well. And also to respond to that tweet to D'Angelo Hall, he, it, it's not fake love. Hall probably likes. Dwayne Haskins and he's probably been cool and shown him love in person and all he's doing is stating his opinion on Dwayne as a a professional quarterback not as Dwayne as a guy
0: I don't know I guess a a
1: little bit a little bit calling him new school a little bit
0: that that he's not going to be able to respond
1: to that if you don't want to be called new school don't do new school things
0: It's sort of ironic, right? D'Angelo Hall at one point in in his career was basically referred to as me Angelo because he did a lot of, at that time, young school things. And by the way, I think nobody transformed sort of the early narrative on himself more than D'Angelo Hall did during his career here. You know, I, I, I think people felt much differently about him at the end of his career than they did maybe at the beginning of his career, but you know, D'Angelo probably had a lot of young school versus old school in him when he was a young player.
1: No, no question about it. I mean, and I watched. We we were in the same draft together. Uh, I knew D'Angelo Hall before he came here, and I, I. So being around him most of his professional career, there, there was no question that he could completely changed. Uh, I, I mean, I don't want to say he's a different person, but he changed how he handled a lot of these situations. And there's no question about that either. So,
0: What was he like when he first got to Washington in 2008, right?
1: Yeah, I think he'd been beaten down a little bit in Atlanta, at least in the media and stuff, that he had toned it down a little bit. He was absolutely 100% convinced in himself, which – by the way, good football players should be. Right. But D. Hall's never been anything but a hard worker. Now, in his first couple of years in Atlanta, having a chance to meet him a couple off seasons or be around him when he was working out, D'Angelo Hall was the best thing that there had ever been. But that's a lot of young corners. So I got no problem with D. or the way he's acted or the way he's transformed. And, and, and I got no problem with him saying anything about Dwayne Haskins. And I also don't believe it to be fake love because I think Dwayne or, or D'Angelo Hall probably wants to see Dwayne have success. And, and that's the same. I guess I'm saying that because that's how I feel. I don't care if I'm wrong on Dwayne Haskins on a pre-draft evaluation. It was what I thought. I said it. I believed it firmly. I still have some doubts. I also really liked Dwayne. Have a, had a chance to really get to know him, have not showed him fake love, but I'm still not a hundred percent sure on his development. It's, is all that fair? Of
0: course it is. I think it's all fair. But that, but, but a lot of, a lot of young people don't take it that way because they, I shouldn't say young people. A lot of people in general don't accept criticism very well and they misinterpret criticism. The way you just laid it out is perfectly fair. You know, it's like, you like him personally. You want him to succeed, but based on, you know, you as an analyst evaluating him as a player, you're not sure yet. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing. I, I think that I think D'Angelo took a couple of shots at him, but at the same time, I think what he was also saying is he was saying that he believes that the arrival of Kyle Allen is Ron Rivera essentially speaking about what he thinks about Dwayne Haskins. And I don't know if that's true. I I don't know if I buy that necessarily. Again, I go back to Rivera wouldn't be here. He wouldn't have been offered the job if he actually didn't believe that Haskins had a chance to to be pretty good and if he wasn't going to give Dwayne a chance to be pretty good. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to hand it to him. And to me, by the way, Kyle Allen, Cooley, isn't Brett Hundley or Matt Moore, he's, he's a higher level than that because of the Carolina co- connection and the, the system familiarity, et cetera. Not to mention that I actually like I, – I, I liked him last year at times. I liked him at Texas A&M too, but whatever. he's going to
1: have to show me a lot to say that he's, he's not more than a Matt Moore or Hundley at this point.
0: I'm saying the perception – hold on, let me back up.
1: Okay, okay. okay the way Ron
0: this. Rivera can present him – as legitimate competition, so Dwayne feels it if that's what he wants Dwayne to feel. I think you've got he's got a much better shot at doing that with Kyle Allen than he does with Matt Moore or Brett Hundley. Like to me, when I saw that first of all, they traded for the player. Okay. They sent a fifth rounder to Charlotte just by, you know, immediately that that elevates that player into a level that's different from the guy, the veteran that you're going to sign on a one year veteran minimum deal. To be the true backup, but the fact that he also coached him, and so did Scott Turner, and they liked him, and he started twelve games for them. I think he can present him as you know formidable competition, like Dwayne. Yeah, I just don't you, believe I just don't believe he's going to do that. You don't believe he's going to do I, I, that? I, I, or,
1: or... I'm telling you right now, he's not going to do
0: that. Who's not going to do what?
1: Ron is not going to present any form of competition to Dwayne. Really. Why would you – I don't see any real gain in that. I, well, I see he, Allen as a safety
0: blanket. He, he said uh, at the combine, what kind of competition do you want for Dwayne? Very competitive competition. He wants everybody to compete. He, that, he said, we're going to bring in somebody – doesn't mean
1: he wants them to necessarily compete for a job at all times.
0: Well, he wants if, to breed if he doesn't in the building. It, you're saying that he's essentially going to hand it to Dwayne and say this is this is your your gig. We brought in Kyle Allen to be your backup.
1: Yeah, so say whatever you want to say. My my belief is that even I don't think he presents it. I don't think it ever comes up. I think Dwayne is the starting quarterback. I I would be blown away if anybody else became the starting quarterback. Besides Alex Smith, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's not going to happen.
1: Well, neither's Kyle Allen competing for the job.
0: I mean, you didn't you you didn't throw out Alex Smith there because you think that there's still a chance Alex Smith's going no, like to play. I just
1: like to hear you respond to hear you respond that.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, also wanted to play this for you. This was Stephen A. Smith yesterday on First Take.
2: I've been told that the Washington Redskins are not going to touch uh, uh Tua because they're going after Chase Young. That's what Daniel Snyder wants them to do, and the they're not thing. drafting a quarterback. That's what I've been told. Uh so we'll see so we'll see what happens. Um that's what I reported weeks ago. Okay.
0: Um the reason I wanted to play what Stephen A said is not because um, you know, most of us don't think they're gonna draft Chase Young. I think they are. Uh and, and I want to get to some of that with you here in a moment. But it's because of what he said, you know, the reason they were going to draft Chase Young, because that's what Dan Snyder wants to do. You know, I think at this point, when people say things like that, they are just throwaway default positions. By the way, totally reasonable and justifiable to say that any sort of personnel move needs to have the have it stamped, or you know, Dan Snyder's got to be in on it, and it's Dan Snyder's team. And he's going to make all those decisions. But I, I, it, there's no, all of us know that there's legitimate reason to think that way. I just don't think that way now. I think that the, at the very least, there's a honeymoon period here for Ron Rivera, and I think that you know Ron Rivera and Dan Snyder talked about the quarterback position long ago. And that a quarterback's not going to be somebody the Redskins are, are going to consider at number two. It's going to be Haskins, and they're going to take Chase Young. But it would be frightening, wouldn't it, if you know a mo- two months into this thing already, three months into it, whatever it would be at this point, that already you know Ron Rivera only has a vote when he's home alone, you know, and and that that wouldn't that wouldn't be a good thing. What do you think about that? Do you agree with me or not?
1: I 100% agree with you, and I, I think it would be. We could make this an argument in in some way if it wasn't Chase Young. You know, if, if it was a another guy that let's just say people liked but weren't sure of, but or or a position that you probably didn't need. Or it, this is to me the easiest pick that there that there's ever going to be, and. and the other thing with this whole deal is, is you got to keep in mind, like, none of these guys have draft rooms. A lot of these, most of these guys can't go to their facility out of the, out of the fairness issue. Like, you can't go to your facility in California. So, you can't go to the Redskins facility right now. So, they don't, the war rooms are going to be completely different. It, this is a draft that you're not going to see a bunch of trades in, in my opinion. People probably play this thing safe across the board through the, through the first round at least. And, um, It's not Dan Snyder that's going to pick Chase Young. It's, it's anybody drafting it too. The only thing, the only thing that makes it interesting is if somehow someone wants to move up to number two for Tua and promises you that, or the Bengals want to make a trade or for some reason wanted Chase Young instead of Burrow. I mean, if Chase Young's sitting there too, I, I I would say 95%, 99% chance the Redskins take him. But, I don't see him moving out of two to take anybody else, or or drafting two at number two.
0: Clinton told me on the show the other day he'd take Isaiah Simmons at number two. Okay. <laughs> what did he? Yeah, he thinks that Isaiah Simmons is the next uh, is the next Lawrence Taylor. Said I, he said he said I love he goes I love Chase Young, but Isaiah Simmons is going to be the next Lawrence Taylor. That's who I would take. And I said, w- we'll him- would you try to trade back and get him? No, I would take him at number two. Um,
1: well, you wouldn't take him at number two, though, because Chase Young's going to go at number two if the Redskins don't take him at number two.
0: Well, I mean, the problem is if, like, let's just say that Clinton was right, that all of a sudden, and Isaiah Simmons is being talked about as, you know, a top three, top four, you know, po- possible player. He ran a four three nine at the Combine and, you know, personally, I've 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 watched him play. I've watched all the 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 highlight stuff. To me, it's Chase Young. Not even I mean, I wouldn't even think twice about it. But um, the problem with the uh, with with the draft is that you know the Redskins, if they really liked Isaiah Simmons, like if they had Simmons sort of comparable with Chase Young, like he was not right sort of. Very comparable. Very comparable with Chase Young. All right, same grade. Just say same grade. Um, they right. risk losing both of them by trading back. There, There's well, it no guarantee. Depends gar-
1: on how far you trade back. Depends on where you Well, trade I mean,
0: back the, the first trade back opportunity, more more likely than not, is, is five, you know, with Miami. So you now have... Miami jumping up to take Tua, and now Young and Simmons very possibly go three and four to Detroit and New York, and so you're sitting there at five, and maybe you got a haul with with number five for for number two, but you missed out on maybe the the well Todd McShay calls it the best pass rushing prospect he's ever evaluated. Um, he, the others think that he's every bit as good, if not better, than Bosa. Um, and you also miss out on Simmons. I think there'd be too much risk for the Redskins to trade back, and assume that they'd get one of those two players.
1: To five, I think that way too much risk. I think if if you if you're actually considering trading back to five, it's that you don't believe that you need a guy like Chase Young on the edge, and and you have other needs that are much more valuable, like no second round pick and no, you know. It, if you were to make a trade with someone, like let's say who who has two first rounders, Miami, Miami. If you're well, a Miami, Miami, Miami you're,
0: has three first rounders. They have eight. Right, right, right. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, if you were to swap with Miami and get all their first rounders, I think that'd be interesting.
0: Well, let's talk about it because how interesting. This is where you get into, you know, the possibilities because it's very likely the Redskins are going to get offers. You know, from teams, you know, Miami, the Chargers, other teams that want a quarterback that don't want Miami to take two at five. They may want to jump ahead. Now they could jump to Detroit. They could deal with Detroit because most people, I think, believe that the Redskins aren't going to take a quarterback. The problem with that is, you know, the only chance you have of making sure you're ahead of everybody if Joe Burrow goes number one is to get to number two. So, Miami's got uh, five, they've got 18, and they've got 26 in the first round. So is that enough? You know, most of the proposed you know hypothetical trades give the Redskins Miami's you know 18th or their 26th along with number five, and their number second. To me, that's not enough. I want
1: no, it would have to be next year's first as well.
0: Yeah yeah, exactly. Like, I, I want an RG3 kind of deal to jump from six to two. Right. And by the way, the draft value chart doesn't do you any good in this. This is context. This is a team desperate for a quarterback. And by the way, taking away a dominant potential pass rusher. So you're going to have to give up more than what the draft trade value you know chart tells you.
1: No, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. When, it, when it's a quarterback, it's almost like, let's take the draft value chart and times it by two.
0: So if you, if you were in, in the, the Redskins' decision-making group, and let's just say that you had the final call, Chase Young or you get Miami's number five, you get Miami's number 18, you get Miami's second-round pick, which is you know a couple of picks into the second round, and you get a future number one. Okay, So you're basically swapping two for, for five, and you're picking up two first-rounders and a second-rounder. Would you do it? One of the first runners well, is next year.
1: I mean, if you, if you made the trade with Miami, right, where's Miami? You'd get their 5, their 20.
0: Uh, no, I just, say, and... I just gave it to you. You'd get 5, you'd get 18, you would get 39, which is their first, second-round pick, and you'd get their next year's number one. So you're swapping spots two for five. All right, they go to two, you go to five, and you're picking up another first round pick at 18. You're picking up a second round pick which you don't own currently at 39 overall, and you're picking up next year's number one. Would you do it?
1: I think that you you would absolutely consider that type of a trade.
0: Well, then you don't because you're you're not all in on Chase Young.
1: Yeah, I am. But you're, you're going to take the cornerback out of Ohio State at five, uh, Okuda. Yep. You have a chance. Well, you're going to have it. a
0: chance out of either Okuda, Young, or Simmons, depending on what happens in the following picks after Tua goes. Okay, at, at five. Okuda more uh, would be the worst case for you and me because we both love Young one, and I like Simmons yeah. too.
1: You're not going to have a chance. It's, it's going to go Burrow, Young, Tua, Simmons. One, two,
0: three, four. Well, no, no, no. If the Redskins traded, it would go Burra, Tua. Okay. And then the Redskins would be sitting there at five because the Dolphins would have taken Tua at two.
1: Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So then you got a chance. I mean, I still see those players going one, two, three, four, no matter what. Even if there's another trade.
0: Yeah. So you end up with Okuda. Fine. So you end up with Okuda yeah, at five. So you get Okuda. And then
1: you get a chance, depending on the Trent situation, to draft in... Offensive tackle, people say that it's a really great tackle draft. Yep. Nobody's in this draft is Trent. Just Trent. There's not. Trent's not in this draft. Not that kind of player. There's some good players. There's not Trent Williams. But you get a chance that potentially Ruggs or Jerry Judy would be.
0: Not at 18. Judy's not there at 18. But you, you could do it. You,
1: you could also continue to trade. But this is where I think of those, what I said to you is going to come into play is, do you, do you feel like you're going to get the kind of players you want at the picks that you're, you're talking about? Because if you're not, you, those trades might not be available this year. They might be harder to come by.
0: I mean, I'm going through this exercise with you to really find out what you really think of Chase Young. Because if Chase... I think
1: Chase Young is as is, is good of a football player as I've seen coming out of college in a long time, as well as Joe Burrow. As good as I've seen in a long time, I think Chase Young is an elite professional pass rusher right away. I, I think that he has every skill set. I, I just, I'm blown away by Chase Young. I, I'm blown away by Isaiah Simmons as well, but... Chase Young's amazing to me.
0: And he plays a position that, you know, arguably is the second most important position on a football field.
1: And I, he, he's also it's also a guy that you're going to draft that you have under a rookie contract for five years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, you know, assuming all of the, you know, due diligence, character, all that stuff, which everybody has said will come up, you know, all thumbs up it's not even like you would have to offer me almost one and a half times what I offered you to get me to move off Chase Young like I need Miami's number five I need their number 18 I need their number 26 I need their second rounder and I need a future first like I just gave myself Three first-round picks, a second-round pick, and a future first-round pick from Miami. If you tell me that you're going to give me that kind of a deal, I'll consider it. Other than that, anything short of that, I'm taking a player that is going to impact games for years to come more than any other player I could take in this draft.
1: Other than than Burrow. You're you're, You're not going to get all that, but you could get three firsts this year.
0: Okay, so if Miami, Miami if Miami offered five eighteen and twenty six to move up four spots, you know what? I don't know if it's enough. I don't. I don't see. I'm with you on Young. It's funny because, um, you know, I've said the uh, about the Clemson playoff game for Chase Young. I'm like, if you're one of these box score readers, then you think Chase Young failed miserably in the game. If you actually watched the game then you realize what they were doing to him and how much of a factor he was in the game. And this guy, Daniel Jeremiah, do you you know who he is, the guy from NFL Network? Yeah. He said, um, hold on, let me find it. I had it up here a second ago. He said about Chase Young, who he believes the Redskins will take at number two uh, overall as well. Um, He said, those who think Chase Young disappeared in the big games or those who don't watch the tape. He was everywhere. And so, I don't know. I mean, I love watching college football. We get a chance to see all these Ohio State games. You can watch the tape. Simmons is really exciting. There are some really good players in this draft. Nobody will wreck a game defensively like Chase Young will in the future. I mean, again, he could get injured or he could have some character issues that we don't know about, and all those things need to be taken into consideration. But the tape says that he, and to me, this guy Derek Brown from Auburn, are going to be two game wreckers for years to come. If you think you've got Nick Bosa, I don't care what you're offering me because he's going to elevate the rest of your defense.
1: That's the thing that you got to remember. Is how much better does he make everybody else on the field? How much pressure does he take off everybody else while still making plays? And that's what I see in Chase Young. That's why it's hard to move away from Chase Young for a not sure thing at 18 and 26. Yeah, You're getting a sure thing at five. Because I, I, I think you're getting a cuda. And I see him as an absolute sure thing. You do? But I don't... He's awesome. So I I, I like getting He He's not going to change the game the way Chase Young will change the game, but he's a guy you can play man coverage a lot with. But at the same time, that's not necessarily been Carolina's defensive forte. They've been a cover three zone defense team, and, and that's what they're going to be this year. They're gonna, they'll, they'll mix coverages, but they'll be predominantly a single high safety zone team. So I I don't see him as having massive need for
0: that. How much college evaluation stuff have you done?
1: Mm, I, sh- I I should do more. It's actually hard to watch some college film right now uh, because the Internet everywhere is slow, and so it freezes a bunch, and it's a little frustrating, to be honest
0: with you. I haven't, you know what, knock on wood, I haven't had Internet issues. Um but I heard that there were going to be issues because, in part, so many people are working from home. I guess Is that, would that be a reason? I don't know.
1: I think that'd be a reason. It, it also makes it interesting for any of these scouts or anyone that's got to work at home. Like, are they because they're, they're now they they're not on access to the team's full database. They're on streaming whatever they put on the whatever they put into the system on the cloud versus right. everything.
0: Um. Let's just talk real quickly a little bit more about the Redskins, and then, then I want to get to some of the stuff that we haven't talked about since it happened, like Brady um, and other quarterbacks. Um, so we, when we last talked, it was sort of at the beginning of their free agency. They've added more players. Kendall Fuller's back in the fold. You like that deal, right? You liked him as a player.
1: hmm Yeah, I, I absolutely like Kendall Fuller. I think he can do anything you want him to do. And he, I, he continued to show that in Kansas City.
0: So who who are this? Who are the corners next year for this team? It's, you want me to refresh your memory on who's on the roster? <laughs> uh, <laughs> More, Moreau, no, know, Moreland, Fuller. They signed Darby. Um, you know, you still have Moreau, Moreland, Fuller, Darby. Those are sort of your top four. I think they still have Strowman and Johnson, maybe on the roster. Um, what do you think about? Just tell me how. A lot. A lot of fans like to sort of you know figure out how they're going to the secondary is going to play. And I, I talked about this the other day, Cooley. For for most of us. I think the hardest positions to evaluate and to really understand are offensive line and DBs because we just don't know what their responsibilities are more often than not and certain schemes and certain coverage types you know uh take advantage of talent better than Others do. Um, Which, by the way, Brandon Bean, the Buffalo Bills general manager, said yesterday, We like Josh Norman because we think Josh Norman's been playing, you know, in a scheme that didn't fit his talent for the last few years. Sort of a shot (laughs) at the Redskins. Um, But looking at the corners, you know, uh, Fuller, Moreau, Moreland, Darby. Are are those.
1: Yeah, and Darby struggled in a zone system in Philadelphia. So you wonder
0: what you're
1: getting out of Darby. But. Darby is exceptional when they had a better pass rush. So I, I think Darby's a definite starter outside. I think you could start Kendall Fuller outside. I think he can do anything. We saw him develop as a slot. I think having a slot is incredibly valuable, or a guy that can play inside, especially if you get to nickel packages. Like, he could bump inside and nickel and stay outside and, in base situations. Uh Moreland's going to continue to develop I think that Moreland saw a speed That he ha- that he wasn't used to But I just believe in his instincts And playmaking ability and, and what he can do I, I think Jimmy's got some stuff to him And, and a competitive nature Where he's going to grow and get better Uh Hard to say on Stroman it, It's hard to say on Stroman I, I just don't think they're done there I, I don't think you can be done at corner yet
0: Do you think they're done at safety with Sean Davis, you know, penciled in as a free safety with Landon Collins?
1: Unless you draft somebody. Yeah, I think, I think you're probably, I don't know where you're going to go at safety.
0: I said something after the Sean Davis signing, and we haven't talked about this. Um, but I'm curious as to whether or not you agree with me. I understand why they cut Monte Nicholson loose, but I think Monte Nicholson's talent and upside is greater than Sean Davis's.
1: Yeah, but his downside's way greater.
0: Yeah, I understand. But I think Monte's really talented.
1: He's incredibly talented, but that's obviously not been the... Rivera mo is right. These aren't going to be guys we're going to have here. This See, isn't us. We're not going to build this way. We're we're doing it different.
0: Can Troy app keep ah. play or not?
1: Yeah, I, there's been times where Troy's looked pretty good, and then, and then there's been times where Troy's been out of place, taken bad angles, made bad decisions. I I'm not. I'm not sold on Troy Ackie as a starter yet. He's a great special teams player, not sold on him as a starting safety to shit. Uh,
0: at linebacker, they signed Thomas Davis. You played against him um, during his career. Uh, tackling machine, obviously uh, a Rivera guy. Part of this culture change, you know, bringing AP back, you know, signing Thomas Davis, et cetera. Um, they re-signed John Bostick. I think we talked about that last time. Do you think that Bostic it, it right now, unless they unless Ruben Foster is healthy? And actually, Rhiannon Walker from the Athletic had some information on that and said that they expect uh, you know Ruben Foster to be ready for camp. Um, is the middle linebacker battle between Bostic, maybe Ruben Foster, and maybe Sean Dion Hamilton with Davis and? Um, and and Anderson as your outside backers, and I don't know where you know what you do with Cole Holcomb. Obviously, he's he's depth at that point. Tell me how you see the backers.
1: I see Cole Holcomb as a starting linebacker.
0: So, uh, so I think that, that me-
1: becomes interesting if Ruben Foster is healthy. I don't know if Thomas Davis. Is a full-time starter. I do know that I really like that he says this defensive unit has a chance to wreck the game because of the talent they have on hand. I (laughs) I appreciate that. I'm excited about that moving forward.
0: I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. Did Davis say that?
1: Yeah, he said it to J.P. Finley. Uh, He said this unit has a chance to wreck the game because of the talent
0: on hand. Oh, my God. Why do they always do that when they come here? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. But who's the middle? So d- d- give me the linebackers. Give me the starting linebackers right now today.
1: Can't yeah, because I don't know where Reuben Foster's sits.
0: But okay. I-, I think... Let's assume Reuben Foster's Ryan not. Ryan
1: Anderson is going to compete with Thomas Davis, unless you, unless you want Thomas playing inside, which is not what he's done. But Ryan Anderson and Thomas Davis would compete and probably share time. I, I see Cole Holcomb as your weak side starting backer and I see Ruben Foster or, I guess, Bostick or, or somebody inside, that, that, there will be competition at those spots. But I think Cole Holcomb's a starter. I'd pencil him in.
0: If they draft Chase Young, you've got Sweat, Ionitis, Payne, Allen, Young, and Kerrigan. You know, you have... You know, you have Sweat and Young. You know, uh, I think most people would say Sweat's one DN, Young's the other. You got Payne and Allen and Ionitis and Kerrigan. How do you make all that work? I mean, I I'm all for more players rather than less players, but how how does that all work?
1: Payne, Allen, and and uh, Ionitis rotate inside. I think Kerrigan and Sweat rotate some, and Young plays most of the. Game. Okay. It, might, it, it would be it, that's how it would work for me. Is I'd have a pretty even three man rotation, with more Jonathan Allen and Matt Ioannidis in third down situations. Payne's shown flashes as being of the rush, but Ioannidis has been better pushing the pocket than him. Um, I think I think Allen can continue to be a pretty good rusher. So those those are my guys inside, and then if Chase Young is on the field me i'm playing him 80 percent of the time at at least and so i see sweat and kerrigan probably sharing some more time at that other defensive end spot and maybe kerrigan is a first and second down end more so and and even when i say that maybe that's where you get chase young some reps out is base situations and first and second down is, is you have kerrigan on the field
0: that's a pretty good position to be in, right, uh, up front, if that if that's what big, it is. It sounds like you can wreck, wreck the league. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you so. can wreck teams. Um, why do you think the Redskins have added two running backs, J.D. McKissick and Peyton Barber, in free agency?
1: Because they're looking for Christian McCaffrey, and they're not going to find Christian McCaffrey, but you're looking for a guy that can do what he does out of the backfield. Okay, so that's McKissick. You you want it, and and it's not going to cost you a boatload of money, and you're going to try to find a guy that can run your choice routes and your option routes. Because it's probably not going to be Geist, even though Geist believes he can run routes like that, and it's not going to be AP. And so you're not sure on Bryce Love yet.
0: Does it say anything? I mean, we know Geis' availability has been limited, so there's a concern there that makes sense, right? They're not sure about Geis from a health standpoint. Is there anything about Geis that they may not be sure about?
1: As a pure
0: back? No, first and m- more than back, that. No. As, as a culture and maturity guy. Geis is-
1: Geis is a little different, but Ge will Geisel work. I have no problem with his personality and the way he goes about his business. He's a little different. He'll make you look he'll make you look at him a little bit. but I don't know. I got close with Darius last year. He's a guy that it takes a little bit of time to build trust for him to build trust in you and he'll test you and he's a little bit different. But, no, I'm not concerned about his his character.
0: By the way, Uh, I thought in some of the games that he did play in, especially that Carolina game, wow. Like, he could be a big time back if he could ever stay healthy. And that's going to be the only thing that I think you're you're worried about with Darius. Uh, Tell everybody about the two tight ends, because they signed both of them since the last time you were on the podcast, Richard Rodgers and Logan Thomas.
1: Um... I didn't watch a whole lot of Richard Rodgers, to to be honest with you. He's the guy that I thought had a lot of talent when he was at Green Bay, but it it never really showed. It's interesting, though. You, You would think playing in Green Bay is a tight end, and Graham made some plays. You'd think playing with Aaron Rodgers that you'd have 80 catches a year. But guys haven't there. So I'm not too worried about it. He's not an overwhelming blocker by any means. And Logan Thomas is still a developing project. I, I, there are a few plays, if you look at his catch tape, that you say, wow, he, he's got something to him. He's got some run after the catch. There are a couple, I mean, the Kerrigan block, there's a couple blocks that he had. But for the most part, still a lot of technique issue for Logan to work at. I, I see some stiffness in his hips. I think he's a two. I just, I just don't think you have your starting tight end. I don't think you have a pure starting tight end yet.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of discussion about like if they don't add picks, you know, if Trent's not traded and they don't get something that the third rounder, there's a chance I know who you like, but he's not going in the third round. Is he, uh, Charlie Warner from Georgia? He's not projected uh, someone, to go there.
1: No, he's not projected to go until later.
0: You still believe that that'll change?
1: I I don't see him getting. I just, I don't see him getting past the fourth. Okay. I I just don't. I don't. I. I. He might. I don't. I think teams will be wrong if he goes past the fourth. Then someone's going to be incredibly pleased to have him because I see him as as a starting tight end. But I just, I don't. I see my guy Charlie Warner as, as a big time starting tight end in this league. I mean, there there are some guys that that can play. Like Cole Cole Kmet from Notre Dame is he's going in the first round, and I wouldn't be some surprised to see him go in the top fifteen. He's he's going to be an awesome player. He is very good. And then you you go down through this list. The guy that from Missouri Albert I can't say his last name. Yeah, right. It's incredibly long. Is a flashy guy, that didn't make a lot of plays last year. And I just I don't. I don't really love the way he plays. Sometimes guys change as they get in the league. Um, Adam Troutman out of Dayton, a tiny school. It's hard watching their film. It's hilarious actually watching their film. Is a guy that can play a little bit. He'll go in the first three or four rounds. Bryce Hopkins out of Purdue. Go early. I mean, probably third round. Uh, really, I think it's Komet and Troutman and the kid from Missouri. In, in the first three rounds, and I don't know
0: if, if anybody
1: him. else goes much higher than that. There's a guy, Devin Asiasi, uh, from UCLA. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, Underrated right now. I actually like him a lot.
0: Did you did you coach of, him or NBA in that games. game or not?
1: No, he wasn't there.
0: Um, um, if 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 Cole Komet goes in the first fifteen, you're genius because I don't see him in many first rounds. Period. I don't see any tight ends in the first round.
1: I know, but you look at the kid from Iowa last year, how he climbed all the way up to seven because he can do everything. And Cole Komet's the only guy that you... You're sure.
0: Is he comparable oh. with Hawkinson as he's a prospect?
1: Yeah, he's better than Hawkinson. Really? hmm He's a better football player than Hawkinson. I, I watched so much Hawkinson last year. Yeah, I know. And I didn't think he could separate. But they're... I also... I'm sure that it's, I'm, I'm 100% sure of this because I did coach Nate Whiting, who was a tight end out of Iowa this year who played with him. I'm sure that they were not coached to separate because I talked to Nate about it. They're great run blockers and Nate, even Nate was terrific as a run blocker. I, we, we spent a week together and I, it's funny. You teach him a couple little things, and you all of a sudden watch him making DBs fall down. I have videos of it on my phone. I mean, a the guy that couldn't separate is making DBs, like safety, fall down. So I think a lot of these guys need help either in the run game or in the pass game, and they, and they didn't get it in college. So this is a position that will develop, but there's oh from the fourth to the seventh round. And I, I think Charlie Warner's one of the best of them. Charlie Warner's going higher than people think. Okay. you just if you, if you start watching his film, if you go back and watch the bowl game, our bowl game that he played in, some of the things that he can do, it, it, talk to him as a, a guy. And this is actually, I mean, he's not going to get to do a bunch of these meetings. These guys aren't going to travel. It, it might hurt some of these guys with right. high character in the draft to not be able to, to go do a lot of these meetings. That's not going to help him a lot. Because if you spent an hour with Charlie Warner, you, you'd fall in love with him. So I, I don't know. That,
0: he ran a four seven eight at the combine.
1: I thought he'd run in the four sixes. That was not a good time for him. It's a good time for the Redskins if they want to draft him though. Because they can't draft him in the third, I don't think.
0: Yeah. Um all right. Lastly, um well, two things, because I don't think uh, I don't think this, had, this it hadn't happened the last time we talked. I don't think Quentin Dunbar gets traded for a fifth to Seattle. What was your reaction to that?
1: I think that was probably the best you the best offer you got, because if they they didn't just willy nilly call Seattle and say we, we we have to move this guy right now, they weren't in a rush. I think Quentin Dunbar's a good two. I think he's a good zone corner, which is what they're going to play here. I don't necessarily see him as an elite man-to-man corner. I would rather have Quentin Dunbar than an extra fifth, to be honest with you. At least yes, me, with the me state too. of the corners that we went through. Me too. But yeah. if you didn't believe he fits into your culture, I don't see it as the biggest loss and you got
0: something back. All right, Trent Williams, um, his agent spoke last week. Um, his agent essentially said multiple times, this isn't about the contract, it's not about the money. Um, which I would then say, well then it must. It should be easy to trade you then, uh, but it's not. Um, or come back and play for the Redskins. Um, the Redskins are, according to reports, they want a second, they haven't been offered that. How, do, how does this thing end?
1: I don't know how it ends. I, I, I have a firm belief in how it should end, and, and you and I have discussed it a little bit. All right,
0: so tell everybody. I talked
1: to Khan the other, other other day about it on Khan's podcast, and I, I think that Trent Williams and Ron Rivera and Kyle Smith and Trent's agent should all get together, and they should be very clear on where they stand and what they're willing to take and what offers they're getting, because they're not getting a second. They're probably a third, which is insane. Teams are going to play the game of, and they can say this to, to Trenton's agent, teams are going to play the game of this is a one-year rental. And so, you know, we're not getting anywhere near what your value is. So come back and play. Show everyone you can play. There might be trade value for you early in the season. We'll work with you collectively. We love your talent. We love what you can do. It, maybe, it, maybe it ends up being a fit. Maybe this new Redskins thing is, is something that you end up wanting to be a part of. And you're playing great, and we'll work out a contract through the year. We, we want you here. We're not going to give you away for a fourth. I, I don't know what they, how they want to sue them, what 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 course they want to take. The Redskins don't have to give them away for a fourth. That'd be asinine. They
0: don't have like, to give them away for a, a third. Quentin
1: Dunbar. Quentin Dunbar went for a fifth. You're mm-hmm. telling me you fourth for Trent Williams? I I just don't think so. It's absolutely <laughs> crazy. And so, I'm also wondering on this: is our uh, team's fishing with? a guy like Kyle Smith and a new regime and believing they just want to move Trent Williams, you know, are they, are they trying to bait the Redskins a little bit? But what the Redskins could do essentially is say, okay, it's a fourth until you work out a deal with Trent Williams. And then it's your second and your fourth. If you work out a deal with Trent Williams before his contract expires, we get your second. So they may get it this year. if. Someone traded for Trent, and they worked out a deal this week. Or they may get next year's second. But you get this year's fourth, and you say, as soon as he signs a long-term contract with you, we get the second.
0: Yeah, because then it's not a one-year rental. Correct. Um, I wouldn't give him away. I, I wouldn't trade him for anything less than a second-round selection. And really, uh, I'd want a top half of the second-round selection. And if we can't get that, Trent, you're going to have to come play for us, brother. And, by the way, I'd approach just, it the same frustrating
1: way you... because he he can... He, it would not be good for Trent to fake an injury. It would be bad. He will not get a big deal if he does that. But he could do it.
0: And he's not going to get a big deal if he holds out for a second straight year either. He, 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 just doesn't have any, he just doesn't have that much leverage. By the way, the fines are more punitive now for holdouts. Um, and the Redskins, you know... I, I look the, the the disadvantage the Redskins have in all of this is a if you believe that it's somehow disruptive. I don't think anything can be disruptive right now, given what the what we're going through here. Um, you know, nobody's paying so much attention to it that it can be disruptive. But you've said all along, everybody loves Trent. Like if he had to play for him, it wouldn't be a problem in the locker room. But the 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 real disadvantage for the Redskins, and it's the only one. The other, you know, uh, they have advantages in every other part of this sort of confrontation slash maybe a negotiation is that they do have to. It'd be nice to come up with an answer at left tackle before, you know, the draft. I don't think anything's going to happen until the draft. But it would be nice to know, you know, if we traded him, now we can go sign Jason Peters to a one-year deal or we can re-sign Donald Penn, which they might be able to do anyway, or now we've got to look for a long-term left tackle in the draft if we don't don't think that Christian's that guy. You know, it'd be nice to know where they are rather than it being in limbo.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah, you just don't have the starting left tackle on your team you're going to end up having to draft somebody. And so you're hoping you get a guy that falls. Or,
0: well, or Penn is still out into... there. So is Peters. You can't sign Peters if you got $12.5 million on the books with Trent. But you could you could certainly re-sign Donald Penn.
1: I know that. I, I, and the thing that you got to like about Donald Penn is he can protect Dwayne a little bit. It's it, it just. He wore down through the year. He's not going to be a huge impact in the run game. And by the way, you know how much I love Donald Penn.
0: I know you're saying don't.
1: this, it's, it, and this isn't my—it my, it isn't fake love towards Donald Penn. I'm just this is where he's at in his You were his
0: college teammate.
1: Yeah, he's my guy, but he's not the not the answer you want as a starter. I would keep Donald Penn because I think he'd be a great guy to have as your backup. Uh, I got—I'm not always of the belief that your backup's got to be Duran Christian, a developing prospect. Like sometimes I, I like the idea that Donald Penn could be your backup or, or a Thomas Davis might not play all the plays, but could be your guy that is going to be the right fit for your team and the right fit. If you had to put him in, and you're not going to lose anything if he goes in the ball game for a few games, but Donald's not going to play. I just, I don't see him being a 16 game guy that has a huge impact. It would be nice to have the answer.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, last thing, I, was, I, was, I want to read this to you. Um, this actually, I thought was interesting. Ty Law. Did you ever know him at all, or not?
1: I don't know Ty Law. I know. I obviously I know who. Did you is. ever
0: get to know Peyton Manning at a Pro Bowl or anything? Yeah,
1: I got a chance. Yeah, I got a chance to to meet Peyton a few times. He's he's awesome. So, he's exactly who he is in all the stuff on ESPN and all the commercials and. I'm a huge Peyton Manning fan, as what he does, and a guy.
0: So, um, Ty Law was on a Boston radio station uh, yesterday or the day before, and let me let me me give you uh, some background on this first of all, or, or background from my perspective. If you watch this NFL, you know 100, you know all time 100 um, list develop in the shows around it with Rich Eisen and Bill Belichick and Chris Collinsworth. Did you watch any of those shows? I forget if we've talked about this before.
1: I, I haven't watched any. It, it was,
0: it was phenomenal. It was so good. Um, anyway, uh, In one of the shows when they were doing the quarterbacks, when they got to Peyton Manning, Belichick was telling stories about how they'd be at a Pro Bowl and he would try to pick, you know, he'd try to get information from Peyton Manning and Peyton Manning would be doing the same thing with Belichick. And they both, you know, they'd have a couple of drinks and they both would realize, you know, nobody's given up anything. Um, Ty Law told a story on Boston Radio. He said Peyton Manning used to buy him drinks in Hawaii at the Pro Bowl to try to get him drunk to get information out of him. Now, something I didn't remember or just didn't know, Ty Law faced Peyton Manning twice in the postseason and intercepted him a total of five times. Ty Law had five interceptions in two playoff games against the Colts. That's unbelievable. But anyway, he said quote, Peyton would try to get you drunk. Once you get over to the pro bowl, you're on the same team. Peyton tried to get you drunk and then would try to dig into your brain. You know, what did you see? Why did you do this? He'd feed you my ties (laughs) and then butter you up and ask you questions about this and that. And I was always like, Peyton, I ain't falling for that shit. Um, I just think that's fu- I just think the whole Peyton Manning over there trying to get guys on the Patriots drunk to, to to get information is hysterical. But but remember New England was the smartest team in the league. They weren't giving up anything.
1: Oh, can you imagine if Ty Law leaked something to Peyton Manning about what they were doing? Yeah. <laughs> um I yeah, that's a funny story. I mean the the Pro Bowl was always fun. Pey- Peyton Peyton's Peyton's good. Peyton's brilliant, so I'm not surprised. I'm sure he did it with everybody that he he faced. And the thing about Peyton is he's not even trying to be discreet about it, I'm sure. I'm sure it was very obvious what he was doing, and Tyla knew it, and it was kind of a funny gag.
0: Do you ever think about what your career—and you had a really good career, obviously— like, I think about Peyton Manning and those Colt teams, how perfect you would have been for Peyton Manning on those Colt teams. You know, and same thing for Brady and and, and Belichick in and, and, and New England. But there's something about you as, like, this, you know, white tight end in number 47 in blue Colt uniform with Peyton Manning as the quarterback. I, that would have worked, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I absolutely think it it would have worked. I have n- literally no regrets from the teams that I, I played on. The one thing that I do notice uh, a lot of those teams,
0: Ben Utect was like his really good Ted t- Dallas, Clark Dallas, ben, Dallas Clark and Ben Dallas Clark and Ben Utect. You were better than both of those guys.
1: I think they drafted Ben Utect in the second round of the year I I got drafted.
0: Yeah, I know he was one of the guys who went before The, the went.
1: one thing that was nice that I always like with. Peyton and some of the Brady teams, and really the teams that stayed together, is they had, those teams just had great relationships. Like, Peyton had some great relationships with guys, and and obviously I did as well, guys like Clinton and Santana, but we just didn't have as many guys that stayed. You know? Right. We didn't have as many guys that were there for long periods of time, so that would have been fun to be able to develop some more very good relationships. I'm not saying anything negative about my teammates, but a lot of them just weren't there very long.
0: But you know, think about it. Like you know, look,
1: I thought about it. Come on, how you, many catches would I have had consistently yeah. every year? Same quarterback, same offense, be the right spot at the right time. But again, I, I don't, I don't wish different in my career because I think about it the other way. I, I always do that, and then I always do this. That my same year, Chris Wilson, who was a decent tight end out of Pitt. Got drafted to Kansas City. He played special teams and behind Tony Gonzalez. Now, maybe I would have done that, and maybe I would have proved to whoever it was. Al, I think it was Al Saunders. Yeah, no, I would have been good there. Al would have loved me. But he, Chris Wilson never played. So I could have went somewhere where I didn't play. So there's the flip side of it, too. So I'm not playing that game. He
0: was a second-round pick your year. Chris Wilson? Yeah.
1: I think he was a third.
0: No. We got it right here. It was a second-round pick. Um, the Chiefs picked him second round, 61 overall. So it was towards the end of the second round. But, right. yeah, there were several tight ends that went before you in that 2004 draft.
1: Ben Troop, Ben Watson, Chris Wilson. There's another guy couldn't believe went before me.
0: <laughs> What's His
1: name. You're looking. Who? Oh, he ended up being a blocking tight end for a long time.
0: Well, Kellen Winslow went.
1: Well, yeah, Kellen yeah.
0: obviously. He went in the first round, and then it was Ben Watson, end of the first round. Ben Troop in the third. Like, ben Troop to Tennessee. Early another
1: Ben. The other guy's Ben. There was like it was like the draft of Ben. The other guy's name's Ben. Ben Hartsock. Ben Hartsock's his name. Yeah. That, yeah, that kid should have never went before me.
0: Yeah, didn't didn't was he? Crazy. Was he Iowa or Ohio State? Oh, here he is. Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State. Ben Hartstock. uh, Chris Wilson went 61 overall. Ben Hartstock went uh, 68 overall. And then it was Chris Cooley, which the Redskins traded up in the third round with New Orleans to draft Chris Cooley uh, in the third round at 81 overall. What was there your – I, I I know I've asked you this before. I just – I'm forgetting what the answer is. What, what round – when – who told you they were going to draft you sooner than the Redskins in the third round? Nobody. Nobody did? Nobody you really
1: did. – I didn't talk to anybody that uh, – I, I really didn't have a lot of conversations with teams. Nobody called me that day. I remember that draft was when you did three rounds in one day. Right. Which was awesome. I still love that.
0: And were, you, were you, I, I like. Were I, you sitting around that, that? Were you sitting around that day waiting for a call? I mean,
1: all day, man. I knew I wasn't going to the first. I tried to play golf. There was a golf tournament going on at the public course. I could have I went like to another little course about an hour away, and I, wasn't, I was like, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to get into the second round and be stuck on a golf course. And then, so yeah, I went and I said I wasn't going to watch the first round at all. And I went and I watched the entire first round because I couldn't play golf. And then I got into the second round, and I saw, I mean, that year, a lot of the guys started to go, right? Like, I thought I could be the fourth or fifth tight end drafted. And, and obviously, that was talking to my agent and talking to people. And I, and I should have been the, I mean, obviously, by the looks of those names, I should have been higher. But yeah, I got into the third round, and I'm like, this is crap. <laughs> and then Joe called.
0: You were you were certainly, I mean, in that draft. To your point, I haven't looked through the rest of the draft, but you you had the most productive career. I mean, Ben Watson would have been second, right?
1: Yeah, and Kellen Winslow obviously had the talent. Yeah, but
0: Clinton Clinton talked Gibbs out of taking Kellen Winslow. Clinton's told that story many times to me and others. He he got win because he wanted Sean. He wanted Sean, and my favorite line with that is Gibbs said, "We we we won offense," and, and Clinton said, "Then draft Sean." <laughs> That's the best offensive player you can take there. Oh, Clinton's the best. Yeah. Um. All right, man. Uh, all right. Stay stay healthy, stay safe, and I'll talk to you. Thanks. All right, we uh head towards our fourth weekend, Aaron with no sports. this would have been the final four weekend, and we would have been getting ready for you know probably Maryland against somebody in a final four oh, semifinal yeah. absolutely well <laughs> uh, l- l- let's be honest we'd be down there oh uh, oh if if Maryland were in the final four, I would be well i would we'd be f- completing the show and yes. I'd be on my way down there, certainly either tonight or by tomorrow morning. that's for sure. Um, to, uh, to my man, Lou D on Twitter. Um, you couldn't be wrong about almost everything you tweeted me with respect to my comments about the president. My comments about the president have been about these briefings in the communication in these briefings. Um, and so you're loud wrong on that. You're also loud wrong about the podcasts, and the downloads that we've been doing. They've actually been increasing exponentially here since this whole uh, lockdown thing started. And by the way, that leads me to this. I appreciate so much all of you that continue to listen and all of you that continue to send me very nice messages. Trust me on this. It means so much to me, too. It means as much, if not more. I'd be going stir-crazy if I couldn't continue to do this. And the bottom line is, we've had so much to talk about. So much to talk about um, with respect to sports. NFL free agency continuing was huge, and now we've got a draft to prepare for. I had Adam Schefter on the radio show yesterday for a half an hour. Um, Adam's very much against the draft continuing, uh, moving forward on April 23rd. Uh, He thinks that this is just a, a situation that doesn't make any sense. He felt the same way about free agency, and to his credit, he said after the fact I was probably wrong about that because it turned out to be a really nice diversion. His concern about the draft is all of the predictions of, you know, this thing peaking 2 weeks from now and by the way then starting to peak, you know, in other areas, you know, for the first time. And I understand that and and one of the things I said to him if I haven't said it on the podcast is the perspective of those in the hot spots right now is much different than the perspective in other places. Not that we're all We're all obviously worried, concerned, angst-ridden to a certain degree, and everybody wants to stay healthy and everybody wants to avoid this thing. And, and, you know, not everybody, clearly, but most people are following, you know, the recommendations from, you know, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks and the CDC and and everything. Um, But um, the people in New York, I have a good friend of mine in New York, He's got two people uh, in ICU that he knows very well four or five others that have tested positive. Um, one of the people in ICU is very sick um, and Adam lives in New York and he's seeing all of this sort of up close and personal not to mention the fact that you know Adam uh, Adam's wife is a 9/11 widow uh, they were you know obviously, you know he lived through that as well. So everybody's got different perspectives on these things. Um, but it, it was a very interesting uh, interview with Adam. Go listen to it today. By the way, on the radio show, Tommy Shepard was on the GM of the of the Wizards. He was great. I, I like Tommy a lot, and we, we talked for you know nearly twenty five minutes. Uh, that's all available, by the way. Team 980com Team nine eighty app. Um, by the way, it is Ovechkin versus Gibbs in the ultimate DC sports bracket. Uh, Aaron. Gibbs rolled past Riggins and Ovechkin beat Daryl Green in the other, uh, semifinal. And just as we're finishing up the podcast, I get a text from Tommy. A lot of you asked me how Tommy did. Uh, I literally just got the text. Everything went fine. I should be out of here by three o'clock. That's a relief. Good to hear that Tommy is going to be okay. That's awesome. Um, anyway, um, Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay healthy. So much appreciate all of you listening. Um, I know that I'm sure in some cases the numbers have gone up because people are simply bored. Uh, I will concede that point and I understand that. Um, but there's been a lot to talk about too. And we'll have a lot to talk about certainly over the next couple of weeks leading up to the draft. All right. Uh, Aaron and I both thank you. Cooley does as well. Have a great weekend. Uh, do your best, uh, on all the stuff they're telling you to do. And we'll be back on Monday.